0: If you're able, you can stand with me for the reading of the Lord. Our scripture this morning is going to come from Romans chapter 12, verses three to 21. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. And if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently if it shows mercy to do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fever. serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. This morning, we are joined by a guest pastor. Um, Kevin Himes is the pastor of the Salem Mennonite Church in Kidron, Ohio, where he has served in various roles over 19 years. Prior to his pastorate, he completed a Master of Arts in Anabaptist Studies in Ashland Theological Seminary and a Bachelor's of Music in Piano Performance in the College of Wooster. In addition to pastoring, Kevin enjoys playing music the electric folk band Honeytown. He resides in kindred with his wife, Jenny, and four children, Isaac, Naomi, Anna, and Miriam.
1: Good morning. I feel right at home hearing about Camp Luz so much. Uh, pastoring and living in Kidron, Camp Luz is in my backyard. And we also have the same announcement in our bulletin to help with the spring cleanup day. And in fact, we actually had a small group out there cutting wood, picking up sticks and doing a whole assortment of ministries uh, this past Wednesday night. I just want to say it is an honor to be here. I also want to publicly say that I really value uh, the friendship of your pastor, Matthew Peterson. Because we're like an hour and a half away, we don't get to hang out quite as much as I would like, but we do on occasion, and it's always uh, good when we gather together. Uh, There's a lot of cross-talk, no pun intended, uh, with pastors. Uh, We often uh, share ideas, hey, what are you doing in your church? Well, here's what I'm doing, what are you doing in yours? So uh, I have definitely uh, benefited from Matthew multiple times. Uh, The December before last, Matthew and I were sitting in a a sandwich shop in Canton, uh, just talking uh, getting together. And I said, "Well, here's what I'm doing this Advent, but uh, I need a spark for next year. I don't know what to do." And Matthew said, "Hey, I'm I'm doing this sermon series uh, on Mary uh, for Christmas for Advent." And I thought, "Wow, I've never done that before." Uh, so this past uh, Advent, I, I I tucked that uh, idea away of Matthew's and uh, got a hold of him as Advent was approaching and said, "Matthew, what books are you using?" and uh, How did you approach this? What scriptures did you use? And he was very happy uh, to share a lot of that with me. Except his individual sermons, that would have been even better. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't have had to have preached at all. I could have just uh, picked up the the manuscript and gone with it. But, uh, yeah, no, I just really value that from Matthew. I have preached here before. It's been uh, almost three years, I think, this fall. Uh, The last time Matthew and I did a pulpit exchange. At that time, we were still in the middle of the pandemic. And so I recognize all of you from about the nose up, but uh, from the nose down, I just don't know who you are. Uh, But it's good to actually see your faces uh, here today and to be a part of this fellowship. As I think back to three years ago, that period of time when I was here, when we were in the middle of the pandemic, I think to myself, wow, that was. That was quite a time, and that, that time really did take its toll, I think, on many areas of life. And among them was community. I think community really uh, hurt during the time of the pandemic. Relationships are hard enough when we're face-to-face, right? Uh, but when we didn't have social contact during that long year or more, Uh, at least up in my neck of the woods, I I felt like things got ugly in a hurry. What do I mean by ugly when I'm talking about community or bad community? Well, productive in-person conversations, uh, spaces that we have for genuine listening and constructive speaking, all of that seemed to be just kind of chucked out the window, and instead we decided to just duke everything out over social media and... Maybe we are still doing that to some extent. To make matters worse, as I look back at that year, uh, being isolated with this daily news feed of 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 end-of-the-world type of headlines were really uh, ringing in our ears that whole time, and I felt like that really vandalized our beautiful communities. We had these relationships that were rooted in trust in God, and suddenly they all give way to the graffiti of fear and suspicion of others. And while I think we've come a long way uh, in the last few years, I still feel like there's some aftershocks, after effects of that here, even in 2023. Now, as we look at community and we look at the bad things, both within the church and in our society, we can freak out about all the bad things happening. We can go all doomsday on each other, or we can choose to find beauty in healthy community again. How do we do that? How do we find beauty in community? I mean, again, community still looks awfully scarred when we look around us. There's still raw wounds in the church and in our world. Well, full confession before I go deep into the sermon. Uh, If you're looking for the answer, if you think I've come with the miracle cure to prescribe uh, to heal broken community, I don't have that. (laughs) I'm not going to bring you uh, some pill that's going to make everything all right. But I really do believe that Paul's proverbial wisdom here in Romans 12 is a really good place for us to start the healing process of bringing back healthy community. So here's what I want to do. Uh, Just for the next few minutes, I'm going to look at seven characteristics of healthy community to help us recover beautiful relationships. So, a good sermon has three points. You get, I'm going the extra mile today, you get seven. Uh, That's either a blessing or you're thinking, how long is this sermon going to be? Relax, it's not going to be too long. So let's look at these seven traits of, of healthy community. The first one I want to highlight, and again, all of these are just being pulled directly from the Romans passage. The first sign of healthy community is humility. Humility. Listen up. You may think that you're all that, but you're not. Neither am I. You may think, you have all the answers to whatever the pressing issues are of today. You don't. Neither do I. Being isolated a couple years ago, uh, that really fed into our already ramped-up individualism. And I, I see individualism as being a first cousin of pride. In our culture, I think we have a lot of pride in self-reliance, right? That, that seems like a good thing. We have pride in thinking, yeah, you know what? I figured it all out. I know for myself what is best. I'm a self-made person. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. We don't see that kind of attitude, that trait in the passage. In fact, I would say that kind of pride, uh, that is a genuine community killer if ever there was one. Paul says instead this. Look, look, Romans. Try this one on for size. If you want healthy community, don't inflate your ego, okay? Don't think too highly of yourself, and also don't go the other way either, right? Don't plague yourself with self-deprecation. That's not good either. We want to find a happy middle as we are engaging in community with each other, and that is to be sober-minded, okay? Humble, and yet you're secure. You know what you bring to the table. When we're in healthy community, you know that you have a valuable contribution to make to those around you. And when we have humility, we also understand, yeah, all of these people around me, also have an equal contribution to make to the conversation. I think when we have humility, what we're doing is that we're creating space for these really invaluable insights within the community to be freely shared, whereas when we kind of get stuck in the pride side of things, that just stonewalls those kind of conversations in a hurry. So. First sign of healthy community, of finding beauty in community again, is humility. Second sign of healthy community is that everybody pitches in, everybody helps. When that happens, you really see community take off, flourish. Ministry is not the work of just a handful of people on your church boards or or people that you see up front on a Sunday morning, not by a long shot, okay? It takes everybody in community. It takes all of us being present to each other with our spiritual gifts, um, our unique talents, our abilities, all of that, if we really want to flourish. So I think that really kind of, uh, is an obstacle to maybe one of the uh, models or understandings we have of church these days. And I think sometimes in our, in our Christian culture, we, we get the idea that church is this thing where, okay, you know what, it's Sunday morning, I'm going to pop into church, you know, get my community fix. And then once I've had my community, my church fix, okay, uh, worship service is up, uh, I'm out the door, and hey, I'm good to go for another week. That's not church, that's not what we're all about. In fact, that kind of mentality, popping in, getting my church fixed, heading out the door, uh, that's a whole other C word beyond community, and that is an example of the C word consumerism. Healthy community, it's not about coming and getting the goods we expect from church, no. It's about joining together with others in a mutual sharing of our God-given gifts to enrich each other and the world in the name of Jesus Christ. That's authentic community. That's the real deal. Third sign of a beautiful, healthy community. A good, healthy community has conviction. Conviction. Paul says, "Never tolerate evil; only promote what is good." Now, here's the irony uh, in this uh, healthy trait of community. This, uh, the irony is that that actually puts strain on the community uh, in some senses or in some uh, examples. Because what we find is that Christians will say, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, don't tolerate evil, only promote what is good. But then when you start talking about, well, what is evil and what is good, then suddenly not everybody's on the same page and people get frustrated and they argue and it gets very, very difficult. But as difficult as conversations might be with uh, whatever issues the church faces at any given time, we are, I think, reminded of this in this passage a healthy community is not a place we go just to feel good about ourselves and be comfortable all the time, okay? If we do have a healthy community, we must challenge one another to challenge the evils around us and work for good, a good that is always informed by the scriptures. I need to let you know I'm preaching as much right now to myself uh, as I am to you, um, I'm the kind of personality where I want everyone in the room to feel happy and and get along and that sort of thing. So it is a challenge uh, to speak to one another in love when we disagree. And yet, again, we need to go into those difficult spaces and have those difficult conversations if we're actually flourishing. Otherwise, we're not really a beautiful community uh, when we're sweeping stuff under the rug. It might look beautiful. Until we pull up the rug and see like dust bunnies that are, you know, 20 feet tall. And that's not good. Paul notes that a community of conviction wears sincere love on its sleeve. Sometimes uh, when you're in healthy community with each other, that love is the joy of encouraging others. You're lifting each other up and that's just a great thing. And I love to do that. Other times, as I've just alluded to, it's tough love. Okay? That's, that's a part of love too. Uh, it's courageously pulling loved ones aside, putting our arms around them and, and sharing, hey, look, I, I love you, brother. I love you, sister, but I'm, I'm concerned about you know, what I'm seeing here in your life, what's going on. That's all love. It's all part of our conviction. As difficult as that is, it's healthier to have tough conversations, again, like I just said, than for a church to pretend that, oh, we don't have any, uh, any problems at all. Uh, if you just ignore the unhealthy behaviors around you, that's not healthy community, that's not flourishing. Of course, when you do have to have the tough love conversations, remember my first point here today, when you do that, again, that still has to be done in humility. The fourth sign of beautiful community, healthy community, is that healthy communities have undeniable hope. Hope. Let's face it. Hope doesn't sell (laughs) if you're in the media business, right? Bad news sells. That's where all the money is. That's what keeps the... uh, uh, media giants churning all the time their machinery if someone would say to you oh mercy i, I saw this clip on the news I, it was so disturbing i can't unsee that i wish i'd never looked at that uh what's the first thing you do when you hear something like that you you pull out your phone and you want to look for that clip yourself oh it's so disturbing well let's see what it is instead of walking away I'm not uh, advocating here that we turn off the news and and ignore the headlines. I I think that's uh, good for us to be attuned to what's happening in our community, our country, our world. So so do that. But as you are looking at all the events happening around us, please, please, please balance that with good news. Okay? Balance that out with gospel. 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 Healthy churches, we acknowledge the sins and the problems that we have in this world, but we also preach good news, right? We preach, yes, amen, we preach the good news of a cross that just overwhelms evil. The power of the cross, and we lose sight of this so often, because and I do a lot because I'm a pessimist, sadly, very often, But we need to remind ourselves that the power of the cross is real and it works in a very tangible way to bring restoration to even the darkest corners of our society. Healthy communities are hope-filled communities. They persevere in hope. So we never, ever, ever want to lose sight of that. Number five, the fifth sign of beautiful community, of a healthy community. Healthy communities are rooted in patience and prayer. Never panic, <laughs> okay? Patience and prayer, good. Panic, bad. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys uh, weathered the storm uh, a couple of years ago when uh, we were trying to do church online and with masks or not doing church at all. For a while, and uh, it was really hard for us as pastors as we're thinking, well, what, what's on the other side of this thing? And I remember the conversations, like, what, what are we going to come back into? Uh, are our churches still going to be around? Uh, are they going to be, are we going to be a shell of what we were going in? And uh, even now, uh, I've been in ministry, uh, as Larry said in the intro, uh, between this and the music ministry, almost 20 years. And I've never, ever seen such a shift happen in such a short amount of time. Shifting mean, and again, I'm just talking about what I see in Wayne County, but just church populations, people will suddenly go on from this church to that church to that church. Um, Some people just exclusively now going online. I have people in my church I don't see anymore. They're still viewing from a distance, but I don't get to see them. That's kind of tough. And we have some people uh, coming out of uh, these last three years that just, they're done with church. Uh, They haven't left us for another church. They just decided, I don't want to go anymore. It's just not something I feel like I need in my life. All these things are tough, (laughs) pastorally speaking, as you try to think about how do we navigate this? How do we continue to be a community and with all of these different things swirling? Really, in the midst of all that, there's enough concern for us as pastors and church leaders. Uh, it's like uh, there's an ulcer there and we're popping Tums like they're M&Ms trying to figure it all out. But even with all of that, all of these negative things that I'm naming, We need to keep everything in perspective, right? That goes back to the hope I talked about a little bit ago. But also, if we think about prayer, uh, and you're looking at your perspective on the world and, and having a healthy community, you know what? There's no better view of the world than from on your knees in prayer. It's the best place to look at the world. Although me saying that healthy community uh, being rooted in prayer is one of the most painfully obvious points uh, a pastor could make, uh, the fact is you and I frequently avoid the obvious, right? Um, in so many people's lives, including my own, I, I see this uh, poor habit That prayer happens to be our last resort when things are going bad, right? We only try prayer after we've fretted about everything, after we've gossiped about everything, and we're seeing, oh, my worries didn't get me anywhere, My, my gossiping didn't get me anywhere. Might as well try prayer. What do I have to lose? But prayer ought to be our first response. Be patient, come what may. Pray. Sixth sign of beautiful community. I think a beautiful, healthy community shows hospitality. Again, Paul's talking about this in Romans. I don't know how things work at Midway, but uh, in Salem, uh, where I pastor, uh, if you've had a baby, if you've endured surgery, if you've lost a loved one, essentially with those and many other kinds of things, you have sounded the church's dinner bell, our dinner triangle. Uh, If any of those things have happened, trust me, uh, people will swoop in, they will be on your doorstep in a matter of moments, the casserole dish is in hand, and they are there to help you through life's transitions. We don't always know what to say when people are celebrating or grieving, but we figure, hey, let's eat. Uh, That's a good way of of, uh, working through life's transitions. I don't know, if we keep doing that, we might need a personal trainer uh, ministry at Salem to work off a few of those casserole calories. We'll have to look into that. A healthy community shows up at each other's doors. Okay? A healthy community writes notes of encouragement, holds each other up when we we're just nearly collapsing under the weight of life, stands in line at family's calling hours, calls each other on the phone for no other reason than just to say hi, babysits each other's kids, cares for each other's elderly, and the list goes on and on and on. In short, being present with others on the summits and down in the trenches of life, that's, those are all marks of hospitality. And I believe all of those things, and much, much more, are signs of a healthy community. All right, hopefully you're still with me. We are on number seven. So if you're not, this is when you look up and make it look like you've been paying attention at least for the last uh, six points. The final one, I don't have a drum roll here, but uh, the last sign of healthy community I'm going to pull from this passage is healthy, beautiful communities strive for peace. Peace. Paul says, respond to persecution with blessing and grind that animosity to a halt Also, he says, seek to live in harmony and peaceably with others, at least to the extent that that's up to you. Ultimately, of course, we cannot control uh, how others relate to us, right? We can't control uh, how others feel about us. Uh, You could try and try and try, but that's just beyond us. There's no way in community to manufacture hugs and kumbaya. You can't make that happen. But... We can do the important work of staying with it, right? Of forbearing with one another and as a community just trusting God when times are tough. And I think that is far more likely to bear fruit than when we uh, go into our default mode in church and in the world at large, which is, of course, hostility. Eugene Peterson, in The Message, he paraphrases verse 17 of today's passage this way. Don't hit back. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. I love that. Discover beauty in everyone. Until I think about actually practicing it, and then I'm like, I don't know, Paul. That is so hard, right? That is a tall order especially when beauty is hiding under, like, ten layers of ugly polyester suits. My apologies if anyone's wearing a polyester suit. They, they can be okay. <laughs> Not my preference, but hey, if that's yours, that, that's, that's okay. Now, uh, when we are in community with each other, and we have so many different personalities uh, all under one roof, discovering beauty in each other doesn't mean we're going to all agree on everything all the time. I think I had that idealism coming fresh out of seminary many years ago, um, but uh, my wife and I don't uh, agree on everything in life, uh, let alone two people in a church community. But that said, doing the tough work of discovering beauty instead of wallowing in ugly relational grudges contributes greatly to the overall health of the community, not to mention our personal health, too, and I've seen the dark side of this. I, I know people who have carried grudges uh, over things people have done to them in the past, which are legitimate uh, emotions to feel really bad about what's happened to them. But holding on to that for so long has actually weakened them and hurt them in the long run. Working for peace, as difficult as that is, is the right way to go and a healthier way to be. Now, as, as I talk about making peace... Right. Uh, What's the first thing that's going through your head? You're thinking, oh yeah, I I know that personality, Kevin. Yeah, that person, yeah, that's a hard person to get along with. That person's ugly. And yeah, this person over here, I kind of butted heads with them. That person's ugly. But yeah, okay, I hear you. Paul's saying, let's get along with the ugly people. Sometimes, though, we need to take a hard look at ourselves in the mirror. And we need to see what we've been blind to all along. And this is a tough thing to say, but I think it's kind of true. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we realize we're ugly, right? We are the ones who are hard to love. If we're honest with ourselves, we are the ones who have hurt other people at various times. Tough to admit, but true. And that's, that's the guts of confession when we look at Scripture. That's the guts of repentance. We, we have to be honest about ourselves and, and see that we are not perfect in, by any means uh, when we live in community with others. Author uh, Tim Keller writes this, "'The gospel is this. "'We are not loved because we are intrinsically lovely.'" or because we have made ourselves worthy of love, we are loved because Jesus died for us when we were unattractive in order to make us attractive. Finding beauty begins by confessing our ugliness, okay, and receiving the beautiful grace of Jesus, and if Jesus died for us while we were still ugly, while we were still sinners, who are we to give up on the ugly relationships around us? Patiently strive for peace. Let's connect here all the dots as we have reached the finish line. How do we find beauty in community again? display humility, pitch in, help, have conviction, embody hope, pray, be hospitable, and work towards peace. Amen.